Welcome to the Irish NFL show where real football is now so close you can practically smell Trevor Lawrence's conditioner at this point. And it is to the division, including his Jacksonville Jaguars, that we turn for our divisional preview next. It was indeed the uh, AFC South that was won by the Jags last year. And we start uh, with the Jags column. Um, everything moving in the right direction last year once Doug Peterson took control after the uh, season that shall be deleted from memory when, when Urban Meyer turned them from the generational prospect and the hype around Trevor Lawrence to something nearly approaching a dumpster fire. But all of that is forgotten thanks to what they did last year. And can they build on that momentum this year, do you think? I think they can. I mean, certainly I think Trevor Lawrence can because last year you you saw in the back end of it just how good he could be and the fact that, you know, he led them back from, you know, the remember how poor he started that game against the Chargers, right? But he didn't allow it to affect him. And that is the mark of a great quarterback that he can just go out, make the mistake, and say, "Okay, I'm not going to get down and go back." How many times did we see Tom Brady do that? Um, where maybe it wasn't necessarily as many mistakes as Lawrence made, but things were going against him, and he, or if he did make a mistake, he just go out. The next, the next play was, "Okay, I'm, I'm just going to play my usual game. I'm going to drive us down the field," and that's what Lawrence did. I think under. Doug Pedersen, who was a gifted offensive mind. I mean, I, I think because of how things ended with the Eagles, people sometimes underestimate just how good uh, Doug Pedersen is. So I do, my worry is I think this could be boom or bust. I really like Calvin Ridley, but I don't know if they've done enough on the defense. Um, They need Trayvon Walker to take a huge step. He was He was fine last year. But as the number one overall pick, you can't just be five. You know, the 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 lack of pass rush. I talked about it when we talked about the, the Bears in our NFC um, division previews. The Bears' lack of pass rush concerns me. It's the same here with, with the Jags. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, when we get to um, the end of, of the season, I do think we could be talking about Trevor Lawrence as one of the guys alongside the um, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrows, Josh Allens. I think he has that level of talent. And look at the way he plays. The guy doesn't take sacks. Like, he, he he's very, very elusive. We know he has the arm talent. I, I think he will have a big, big season. And we mentioned that effectively that first season was a write-off anyway. So in many ways, you could really class last year, to be fair to him, as his rookie season. And he made immense progress in, in a very short period of time. Um, but but Brian and Colin has touched on it there um, brilliant and all as that comeback was it highlights the weakness here which is the defence they put themselves in that hole in the first place because they were being stomped on by the Chargers yeah the defence at times last year was a bit erratic it was up and down like we saw in large parts of the season where they just going to go missing in certain games like they, they start off so strongly in the first quarter and then the second quarter, quarter they're gone and then they come back in the games um, the turning point for this team last season was the game in Wembley. Conan, we touched on it briefly. Lawrence's performance, they went away, they had their bye week and from that day downwards, it just seems to turn a corner. And something clicked that day. You know, in defeat, something clicked. The, 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 um, the togetherness of that team thereafter was was very evident by the coaching team. But yeah, they, they have, they've done some small things on, on defence this year in terms of secondary. And we saw, like, you know, it just... They, they end up with so many high-scoring games. I mean, the Ravens game, particularly last season, they're down by so like 11 points for four, six or seven minutes ago. They managed to find navigate a win, but they gave away so many points and allowed the Ravens 
up and down the field. And there's so many teams last year methodically went up and down the field at a clock. They found a way to get it right towards the back end of the season. It'd be interesting to see if our teams went into the division could take advantage. So whether they've recognised that that's something, that's something that needs to be done. Like Colin touched on it in the, in the AFC West from around. And you going up down the field on them in, in the playoff game. You know, with the backs to the wall, standing at the three-yard line with Mahomes off the field and being allowed, says to Kelsey to go up and down the field. And he, they did a zone on Mark throughout the course of that game on Kelsey. Instead of going man Mark. And sometimes you wonder what the strategic thinking is behind all that. But I would expect the defence to improve on, on last year. You know, there were so many players that came into that defence last year. Let's not forget, in the off-season last year, they were one of the most aggressive teams in free agency, both offensively and defence. So you got players transitioning into their first year. You would expect those players in their second year in the same defensive scheme to kind of push on and make this defense even stronger. Where are you on the Calvin Ridley move, Brian? You think it's a good addition all round? Yeah, we think if we see the player, which we saw in Atlanta before the unfortunate suspension, I think yeah, I think they found the player there, and they haven't like he says he was a free, you know free agent after what happens. I think it's very much a, a player you give an opportunity to. I mean, this player is off the field for. Okay, the league have rules and regulations, but he hasn't done anything, you know, off the field that's obvious and same like the Sunday Sean watching other various different stuff. So if he's shying away from why he was taken off the field for and his head is, is switched on, I think they've got a great player. Great player that can cut you know, we saw the explosions when he was in Atlanta. If they if he replicates that, they've got a player than a half, yeah. Colin, let's talk Colts. Um Anthony Richardson is a physical specimen. He looks like a player and a half. He's a human being and a half. He, he can sling the football an absolute country mile. They've got Shane Steichen in there who everybody's expecting to be this year's Brian Dayball, if, if, if not better. Um, and then they remind you that they're still the Colts and you've still got Jim Irsay interfering and you know they've handled the Jonathan Taylor situation, frankly, appallingly. And that's still there. The, you know, you figure that one of the key success factors for the Colts this year, never mind, whether Steichen can do the mind meld with, with Richardson, which a lot of people expect to happen, um, and whether Jim Bob Cooter can be the man to, to unleash that offense. It's 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 really how far can you keep Jim Irsay away from from playing affairs and, and let them get on with it? It's going to be the critical success factor, you feel. Yeah, just a couple of quotes. Very excited, thrilled, fully experienced, fully capable, extremely smart, extremely competitive, understands the game. You want to better get this guy? Put your money down, people. Love to see it. All things Jim Irsay said in the press conference where he unveiled Jeff Saturday. That's right. He also compared Jeff Saturday to Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history. Um, There, you know, Jerry Jones can't get out of his own way. But Jim Irsay has absolutely... Um, come in, elbow Jerry out of the way and taken over as the disastrous owner. I mean, this is Basil Fawlty, um, basically trying to run an NFL team. It is ridiculous. And imagine being Shane Steichen. You come in, you get a, a quarterback who is truly gifted, right? He did things at the combine that people almost didn't believe possible. He called him superhuman. He looks like, as, as, a, as a raw physical specimen, he's incredible. Um, you think, great, um, you know, I, I need to put these pieces back together. I need to rebuild the confidence of these players. In Jonathan Taylor, I have one of uh, a truly gifted uh, running back, a guy who buys into the culture, a guy who others look to. Um, we know that last year was a, a disaster for all sorts of reasons. The O-line fell apart. And then, and then Jim Irsay 
um, decides not like not to to shoot himself in one foot, but to shoot both feet clean off. Um, I mean, it must be really, really frustrating. Um, what will happen with Jonathan Taylor? We don't know. Ultimately, um, I think a trade might well be the most likely occurrence. We we know, uh, you know, the reports are they they asked for uh for Waddle. Why not ask for it anyway? Um, but look, I I think for me now, I I am really excited about Shane Steichen and um Richardson. But I think this year now comes down to finding out um what Anthony Richardson is capable of. I think it's it's going to be very difficult to you know because there will be players who will look at the John Taylor situation and and feel aggrieved. Um and. That that is a real issue that once again Jim Irsay has put his head coach and his GM in a position where you know Chris Ballard is there today and he's trying to thread the needle between his owner and the guy ultimately who is responsible for paying his wages and trying to keep his you know if at all possible to that John Taylor isn't traded and that he does come back to, keep, to build bridges. I don't know what what you do with with the Colts. They have some nice pieces, but ultimately, when the owner does that, what what can you expect? Um, if Jim Irsay wasn't involved, I, I would say this team um could win you know seven eight games. Um, with Irsay there, it's it's difficult to to see them even winning that many. But I am extra excited about Shane Steich and Anthony Richardson, and I think they could be one of the more fun things to to watch but you know it'll probably be Anthony Richardson highlights uh, for me for the course this year Meanwhile in, in Tennessee Brian um, there's a kind of a sense of one last heist about the Titans they'll have Ryan Tannehill back Mike Rabel is still in the building and very much that big presence actually was interested in listening to Julian Edelman I don't know if you heard him on with the, with the Kelsey brothers on, on their podcast uh, and how gushing he was in his praise of, of Vrabel and Vrabel's nous and, and his knowledge and, and his ability to pull together a locker room culture. You know, there's a lot of Vrabel believers out there. I'm not sure if you're in that camp or not, but, you know, let's not forget that the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC just two seasons ago. It didn't quite work out for them last year for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, we talk about front office issues in Indianapolis. Titans GM effectively shown the front door for that, you know, frankly terrible decision to trade AJ Brown when the Titans were really building something quite special. And um, do you think that they have it within them in what isn't, to be fair, the the toughest division in the in the NFL uh, to get back to winning ways and to and to go to where they were just just two short seasons ago? Uh, I think the key for me would be the defense and in particular the pass rush because if, you, if you reflect on two years ago when the number one seed was Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill. Had a very strong season. The likes of Jeffrey Simmons had a really strong se- season. And you've got some really good players there. Arden Key, Autrey, like when they're on their game, they've got a great pass rush and they can put a lot of pressure on, on offenses. And we didn't really see that last year. We expected to see, but it never really transpired between one injury or another and things kind of just fell away from what we were used to seeing. I think they need to get back to doing that because it's very much the Ryan Tannehill kind of question mark. Is Ryan Tannehill finished? People felt they'd move on from last year. Malik Willis hasn't Fairness to Malik Willis, he's actually looked a lot better this, you know, in this preseason and maybe a year under the belt is helping him. And obviously there's a Will Levis selection in the second round. So there is pressure on Ryan Tannehill. Colin Wright called there previously. Doesn't seem strikers, and we saw him without comments that were, were unnecessary at the time. Doesn't strike me as 
maybe a head coach that wants to kind of help kind of develop a player and come in and ultimately take over as quarterback. He seems to be very focused on it's I'm the quarterback and I'll continue to do what I'm doing as opposed to kind of helping with a players mature and develop. So it'd be interesting to see what season for me this is Tana is last year in Tennessee and I'm surprised he's still there to be honest. But I think if the defense gets back to the defensive old, I think they can still be up there. I mean you've got Mike Frabel, like you said, he can scheme against other teams and find ways to navigate victories and put themselves in a position where like genuine I, I still think if they're floating around nine ten wins come December, October, no, sorry, November, they've got a, a, a chance of winning the division. I don't think it'll happen. I think the Jags will pull away. But if the defence comes back to the defensive old, I still think they're good enough to be up there challenging in this in this division. Yeah. Well, I always find it hard to get out of my mind when we talk about Vrabel, the time he took those delay of game penalties to to get the student getting one over on the master on, on Belichick. Yeah. Like that that takes some stones. It just goes to show you he is playing three dimensional chess here. I'm 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 a big, big Rabel fan. I'm I'm looking forward to see what the Titans do this year. I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll uh, they'll they'll be back to winning ways because I think they do add a lot to that division and, the, and to that conference. The Belichick smirk as well when he when he did it twice he knew well, you know, you're you're doing to me what I do to all these other people. Yeah. Easier easier said than done. And um, speaking of easier said than done uh, Texans fall to me. Um, I think a team that's going to be quite fun to watch this year. Uh, you know, we talked about Shane Steichen and how we're all looking forward to seeing what he does in uh, in in Indianapolis. I think you know a lot of excitement about D'Amico Ryan's and a lot of big D'Amico Ryan's believers. I know on on on, on this show, and I'm, I'm frankly one of them. Um, C.J. Stroud has looked really good. He's won the quarterback comp- competition um, between the between the joint practices and between the preseason games. I think you've seen flashes of incredible accuracy that he has that was his hallmark in college which he's going to need every ounce of uh, going into it could be a tempestuous enough rookie season because he's not surrounded by a huge amount of talent that is going to be a concern but we've also seen flashes on the other side of the ball of will anderson jr who frankly looks terrifying and you know was my call when we were talking on the the live show for uh defensive rookie of the year and i think will will very much be a defensive rookie of the year contender if he stays healthy uh, which you every reason to expect he will do and um, i think you know, it's, it's got to be an uphill struggle for the Texans, even in what is a weak division, but then expectations aren't that high either. Um, again, another front office and another ownership regime that you wouldn't have a massive amount of confidence in. And, um, you know, a lot of people would feel quite sour about the way they treated Lovey Smith last, last year. And um, a lot of people in Chicago, incidentally, including Bears fans, such as myself, absolutely delighted with the way Lovey Smith finished up the season, kind of thumbing his nose at them and, and going out to win that final game, which of course bounced them from the number one pick to the number two pick. But I think they'll be happy what they've got in Stroud, I think they'll be very happy with what they've got in Will Anderson Jr., two players who are going to be a huge amount of fun to watch. Um, you know, Texans will have a strong running game. They'll they'll need to get that going. I think that's going to be a key success factor for them this year because it's got to be the best way to take take, take a bit of pressure off Stroud and help his development and uh, uh, and just get something going there and to to to, to get the feel good factor back in the building for them because uh, it certainly hasn't been a particularly enjoyable place for the last couple of years. So, uh, very much a developmental year for them. Um, I think probably that the jewels we, we seem to be splitting between either the the Jags or the Titans guys. I think for 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 this division, do you think they'll send two to the to the playoffs, or is this a, this just going to be too poor a division for anybody to, to compile a, a good enough record to make that case? I don't think I don't. Whoever comes second will have not. For me, it won't have enough wins to um, match up against the other teams across the AFC. I think ultimately, whoever wins this division will get that home home game. We'll see where we go from there, but I don't see two teams. Me, I see the Jags winning the division. I don't see two teams coming out of this division. 
Yeah, I, I think this to me is a division of the the curious draft decisions we've talked on this show at length around uh, the Texans and their decision to go back up. Um, and I know, Connor, you, you read it highly and I do too, but I still don't understand what, why you would go to do it given the pass catchers that they have. I just don't Absolutely think... the wrong move. I couldn't agree more, but I'm still looking forward to seeing him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, he will be fantastic. It, I just don't, I, I don't think the, the talent is there. I think they'll be picking high next year. But the other piece is, like, why did the Titans go and get Will Levis? Like, why this year if you're going to keep, you know, Tannehill there? Like, I mean, w- would you not have kind of tr- tried to either move Tannehill? Like, I, I, I suppose I'm banging the drum on this. Why do you sit young QBs unless you were in such a, a unique position where you are and Andy Reid and you have Alex Smith there and you've been to the, the playoffs and you know you're going back to the playoffs? It makes no sense to me why you would go and, and take him um, because I don't think you've, you've learned anything by sitting on the, the bench generally. Um, we, we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see what Jordan Love is like uh, th- this year. But I think when you look around the league now, I think teams are waking up to the fact that young QBs need to play and play early. Brian? I think it's also Muni Dewar as Malik Willis's offseason. I mean, people are suggesting he's, and we touched on it briefly there, he's, people are suggesting he's he's turned the corner and, and it was evident in his play during, during the preseason games. And I thought he was now in a kind of a precarious situation where they want Will Levis to be the second quarterback, but if the other guy has shown great improvement and is ahead of Will Levis, does that fall Will Levis back down to three? I agree with Colin, though. We've always agreed that we're on a knockstep and die. Start your young quarterback, take the bumps now, deal with it. I think if the Steelers had done that last year, with any pick from week one, I, thought, I think they would have found their way into the playoffs. I tend to agree. That is where we leave it for the AFC South. You can find all our other divisional previews uh, through our social channels and let us know what you think and uh, whether you'd put teams higher or lower depending on, on where we've put them. Um, we're going to uh, put up all our picks um, in the next week or so before the season starts and we will see you then.